one touch when you're this hungry, when you're this thirsty, one touch changes your life forever. Your love has conquered every fear, broke down each wall. There are so many notches in that key to breakthrough. I've made duplicates of the key, and I will give them to anyone who will take one. Such as I have, give I thee the key to breakthrough. I'm going to focus in on this. I'm going to fast for this. I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to worship for this. I'm going to be in the house of God every night for this. I'm going to press in. I'm going to hunger. I'm going to thirst. I'm going to get desperate. I'm going to get in every line. I'm going to put my feet on the blue line for this one day. More of you. Less of me until it's all of you and none of me. Hello friends, this is Dr. Debbie Rich with you once again with Keys to Breakthrough. And we began a series, I believe three weeks ago, on who are we river people? What is our own company? What distinguishes us from, from others? And why do we even call ourselves the river? And last week we talked specifically about the river of God. And we're going to get into another aspect this week, which is one of my favorites. We River people are people who have had or at least are desiring a Holy Ghost encounter, a Holy Ghost download, and we will not settle for anything less. Give me revival. Nothing less, nothing more, nothing else. Everybody has to have have an encounter to change the world or to even change anyone around you. You can only give out what you have. Peter and John didn't say, such as I've learned in Bible school, I'm going to try to give you. Such as my pastor has, I think I know quite a bit about and I will give it to you. They said what we have, what we have received ourselves, we're going to give you. And it has to be that way. You have to catch fire to catch somebody else on fire. You've got to have a river flowing for it to flow out of you and get on someone else. You have to have a very personal relationship, not only with the Lord Jesus Christ, but with the Holy Ghost to be able to see power and signs and wonders and demonstration take place anywhere. And so it's imperative. It's not even one of those it would be nice maybe if I have a good Holy Ghost touch sometime. No, don't settle without, and not just, don't just settle for one, but to say, oh God, what it takes to get, it takes to keep. And I am here hungry and thirsty again today. In fact, I'm going to ask you right now at the beginning of this broadcast to say, Lord, while Dr. Debbie is still teaching I believe at any point in this broadcast, I don't have to wait to the end. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want the river of God to bubble up in me right now. Lord, I want to have a Holy Ghost encounter and not just a little one, not a little Holy Ghost, but a big Holy Ghost encounter. And if you make that kind of a demand, you can reach up and receive it at any point in time. So you've got to have a Holy Ghost download to change the world. He can only do through you what he has already done in you. True revival requires a supernatural encounter, and it requires the manifested presence of God 
to be in you, on you, through you, under you, around you. We're talking about, I can't live without more of you, Lord. You have nothing wrong with you that a Holy Ghost encounter won't fix. I promise you, if you get enough fire, you will not look the same. You will not talk the same. You will not act the same. You will not dream or think the same. You will be forever changed. Every great movement of God. You will see behind me, I don't know how much of this you can see, a lot of books. And the vast majority are all on the subject of revival. And uh, I'm going to collect more here in time. I left a lot of them in Washington State, and I've reordered a few. And uh, I am just now starting to go back over some books that I read as a little girl, as a young adult, and it's just been a long time. So I'm going back into John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and some of these guys, um, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Kuhlman, going back into Billy Sunday's books about him and by him and and um, all of these greats. But you will notice in revival history that not one person started revival with something that they knew somebody else had. Each and every one of them, you will read at somewhere in their life, whether as a child, a teenager, an adult, whether they were older, they would not settle till they had their own personal encounter, just like Paul did in that Damascus road when he was Saul. And as our pastor always says, the Holy Ghost smacked him so hard, he knocked the S off his name and put a P there. Some of you need an initial knocked off your name and another one put there where you become unrecognizable. So you'll notice that every great movement of God in this world has been an operation of the Holy Ghost. That's all you can explain it. Not a man or a woman's charisma, not enough PR work, uh, not intelligence put this together. It was a move of the Holy Ghost. And every fresh introduction of the spirit of man into the life of God has brought a new revelation of Christ and his power to save the world. Now, those are some John G. Lake quotes that I just picked up recently, and I love them. He says, every decline that has followed the history of the Christian church first had its inception when men began to lie down on the subject of the Holy Ghost. And I've watched that in my lifetime. Every major great Pentecostal movement, denomination, whatever that we have had in the last century was birthed out of the fire of God at Azusa Street. I mean, whether you're talking about the Assemblies of God, Church of God, Foursquare, uh, whatever, Open Bible Church, you look at those, somebody got touched in the fire during Azusa Street shortly after, and it started a whole brand new movement. But you know what? In my lifetime, unfortunately, I've watched so many of those great movements that were birthed in the fire end up in a glacier. And now there was once upon a time that if you saw, let's just, I'm probably going to get letters about this, but let's just pick on the Assemblies of God for a moment, which my late husband um, was part of the Assemblies of God. And, um, and we love many great things about that movement, or at least about that movement once upon a time. I have had my, 
most of my greatest revivals in Assembly of God churches. And so much wonderful, sweet fellowship with Assembly of God people over the years. However, when I was a kid and you saw an Assembly of God sign up, you could almost be assured that if you've never been in that church before, let's say you're on vacation, you want to find a good Holy Ghost church. Ah, there's an Assembly of God church. I'm going to go in there and their hands are going to be in the air. They're going to be speaking in tongues. You're going to hear some people shouting. You might see somebody dance in the Holy Ghost or run around the building. They're going to give an altar call. You wouldn't know what sermon they were going to preach, but you would know those things. Those days are gone, my friend, unfortunately. Now, the difference in those churches is as far as the East is from the West. You may, if you're very, very blessed, walk into one and still see that happening. But you're going to walk in others and go, oh, I thought I saw an AOG sign in the yard. I must have seen a Baptist sign. No, I must have seen a Presbyterian or Episcopalian sign. Nobody's speaking in tongues. Nobody's lifting their hands in the air. Nobody's hardly saying amen. And the altar calls, if there is one anymore, is usually this generic, who wants to let God take the will? You don't even have to raise your hand. Just in your heart, just know that he just now took the wheel. Are you kidding me? Are you cotton picking kidding me? I'm sorry, but you get me started in these subjects. And I just, I don't know whether to cry. I don't know whether to just start interceding or just throw your hands up and go, God, what happens to these movements? Somebody was on fire. Somebody couldn't get enough. Somebody hungered and thirsted until they were filled. Then they caught others on fire. Then after time, somebody always has a better way. They forget that what it takes to get, it takes to keep. No, let's become more intellectual about this. Let's water down the fire. Let's take a big hose out and sprinkle everybody until they act a little bit more normal. Let's take the blood out of our songs. Let's, you know, I was in Norway a few weeks ago, and I was told that a lady coming to the meeting, she said that she went to a Pentecostal church over there, but she got called into the pastor's office. You want to know why? Oh, because she was speaking in tongues loudly or running around the building or shouting. No, that would be bad enough if she was called into his office for that. But she made this horrible mistake of when he was preaching... <laughs> She looked up and said, amen, once. Nobody ever does that there anymore. Come with me. You got a little over-exuberant there that caused everybody to look your way and people to complain. Pentecostal, please rip the sign off your wall, off your sign, off your listing. You are no more Pentecostal than I am a rocket scientist. You aren't even a good Baptist. At least they'll say amen. <laughs> anyway, better get back to my notes. So every decline has started when men begin to lie down on the subject of the Holy Ghost. If you want to spell death to an organization that is now alive spiritually, all you have to do is to get them to lie down on that one subject, on the Holy Ghost of the necessity of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there will soon be nothing left but a corpse. And when 
when I said that, all I could think of was Pastor Rodney's illustration that we've heard more than once, that you can take a dead woman and you can prop her up on the front row and you can put some blush on her, you can put some lipstick on her, you can put a wig on her, but she's still dead. Nice try. Nice try on the outside, but she's still dead and she's still stinking. And that's what, when I walk into these churches, mm, they're trying to look a little bit alive. But no, they're dead. They're dead, and I got quite a job to do. That's just one of many jobs of the traveling evangelist, And uh, although I love what I do. And most of them have been resurrected. Sometimes it may take six weeks but <laughs> or eight weeks. But they get resurrected. When people say, have you ever had anybody raised from the dead? Are you kidding me? Thousands. <laughs> so this is the history of Christianity, unfortunately. Starts in the fire, ends up in the glacier. So you and I cannot afford to be at all slack in seeking God and staying on fire. And we have to have our own personal entrance into the Holy Ghost and his revelation. And we need that above all things. And once you get that, out of that comes churches. Out of that comes Holy Ghost preachers. Out of that comes world evangelism. Out of that comes high reform. Most anything that's been changed in our society is because somebody started to hate sin with a passion and said, I'll do whatever it takes because I'm full of the fire to see laws change, to see this country turned upside down. You've got to covet the touch of heaven, the touch of the Holy Ghost. The greatest thing that Jesus Christ could even comprehend for mankind, listen to this, this is another late quote, but I love it, was to se secure for them the divine right to become Hallelujah, the recipients of the Holy Ghost. He said, you know what? First, it was God, God kind of, kind of on the outside relating to man. And then, and then God coming in to live in man. And then when the Holy Ghost was sent, the Holy Ghost residing in us and upon us and around us and, and within us. And Jesus said, I'm going to allow for them by my blood, by my precious blood, as they accept me as Savior, to actually become recipients of the Holy Ghost. No longer a temple, no longer a holy of holies, but every man, every woman, every boy and every girl becomes a temple of the living Holy Ghost with a vibrant relationship with him every moment of the day. Wow. Why would we let any of that relationship turn into just, just some sort of uh, museum on the inside of us? The Holy Spirit is not a formula. He is a person. When I was growing up in Pentecost, you know, we had a lot of songs about the Holy Ghost, it. And, you know, I really believe in their lack of revelation. They were talking about experiences in the Holy Ghost, it. But we aren't just talking about an experience. He does produce an experience, but he is a person. 
And if ever we need Holy Ghost demonstrations, it is now, my friends. We need to expect a miracle, which is a divine intervention of God. We need to expect the unexpected, the suddenlies of God, the signs and wonders, not gradualies, the suddenlies. God is all about suddenlies. You know, Pastor Rodney gave an illustration years ago that I have used many times. And then I just heard him give it again recently. I had not heard him do that in years. But I think it makes it makes things come to life when you're talking about the suddenlies of God, not the gradualies of God. You know, people don't like suddenlies. They get uncomfortable with suddenlies because people like to plan. They like their comfort zone. They like their, their little ruts that they're in. And a rut is like my pastor says, a grave with both ends kicked out. Who wants to just lay in a rut the rest of your life? But people like planning. They like details. They like voting on things. They like knowing everybody feels secure and moving forward here. And so when the Holy Ghost comes in with suddenlies, as he often does, as he did on the day of Pentecost and does ever since then, people are like, no, we didn't vote on this. We didn't. So people... Boards especially love gradually. Uh, Pastor, I know you said we should start this Christian school, but we need to research it, vote on it, raise money for it, vote on it again, talk about it some more, vote on it again. And when we're 94, we're still talking about voting on it. And um, we don't have enough yays against the nays to even do whatever the Lord told the pastor to do. But God's not into gradualies, he's into suddenlies. And this example that Pastor Rodney has used, um, you know, in, in my own fun and my own humor, I may ad lib to his original example a bit, we'll see. But um, he talks about, let's say that you had a swimming pool party. Now, I'm living in near Tampa, Florida, actually, Riverview. And this time in this house, I don't have a swimming pool because I never am in one anymore. And you could not pay me enough to get in a swimming suit. Even all you partners all together could not. <laughs> but we could try a dare. You could try to. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> but, and I don't like the upkeep on them. And even when I have one, when I lived in Tampa before, everybody used it but me. I loved having it for the guests and my kids and all of that. People threw me in it, I think, three times. But. But it's not unusual for people in hot climates to have pools. When I was growing up in Nebraska, we thought just people in Beverly Hills or the very rich and famous had a pool. Now I realize, now that I live in Florida, it's probably more common to have a pool than not to have one. So let's say, for the sake of argument, that I have one right now. And I invited all of you to my pool party. Let's say I sent out invitations, not only to people around Florida, but all over the United States. And now that I've traveled into 50 nations, I sent them to some of my closest friends in all these nations and said, look, I am going to have a swimming pool party that shall be a party beyond any swimming pool party there has ever been. I don't care how many books you've read about swimming pool parties. This is going to be better than that. I do not want to see any one of you miss this. We're putting out advertisement. We're putting it out on social media. We're doing door-to-door -door flyers and door knockers. This is going to be a swimming pool party, bar none. 
and you guys all fly in from all over. You can't wait to be at this pool party. And you're sitting out in the Tampa sun. And you're sitting out in the Tampa sun in July. And it is 100 degrees with 100% humidity. And you're staring at this beautiful pool. And oh, the water looks clean and fresh and blue. And it is a huge pool. You know, there's plenty of room for everybody. And you're thinking, well, I'm sure we'll get in any moment. It's getting a little warm out here. And you're still sitting there hours later. I brought no refreshments out to you. You're still staring at the water. And you say, um, are we going to have a pool party? Oh, I promise you. Oh, we're going to have one. We're going to have one someday that's going to make the pool party of 1906 look like they never even had a pool party. This is going to be so far beyond that. Have you read any books about pool parties? Oh, this will be beyond that too. Have you read the ones about the famous stars that had pool parties? This will be beyond that too. And, I, and then I say, in fact, I'm writing a book right now about the pool party we're going to have someday. And you're like, well, when's it going to be finished? Uh, I'm getting pretty hot out here. Oh, it, it, we'll have one. Just believe me, someday. But right now, what we got to do is I have to bring in some people that are going to testify about the pool party of 1906. And you're sitting there and your tongue's beginning to cleave to the roof of your mouth. Your skin is getting bright red and you're beginning to pant. And you've got to sit through a hundred testimonies of, I was there in 1906. You should have seen the limbs grow out. There'll never be one like that again. You should have seen the blind eyes that came open when they got in that pool. You should have seen the deaf ears and the cancers that left people. Oh, we were happy. Oh, we were speaking in tongues when we got in that pool. And you're like, awesome. Thank you for that bit of news. But I wasn't even alive then. And I'm dying right now. And I need a pool right now. How long are we going to have to listen to these? Oh, I, I've just planned for you to listen to them maybe a few more hours. Then are we going to have a pool party if I'm still alive? Oh, well, I've got a few more things planned, but eventually we'll have one. Read my book on how a pool party's coming someday, except I'm not done with my book. But when I get done with it, you can read how someday a pool party is coming. Oh, really? Finally, the testimonies are over. Some people have already died now around the pool. Others have blisters and they're like this. As the, are the testimonies over? Can we get in the water? Oh, no, don't be so hasty. We have to move slowly in the things of God. The machinery of institutions and denominations moves slowly, gradually, not suddenly. And so now I announce that we're going to have a prayer meeting, that someday we have an awesome pool party. <laughs> and I start calling people up to pray. Obviously not the people who are sitting around the pool because they're almost dead. They can't pray. But I have flown in some people to pray. Oh, God, we remember how 1906 was. We have read the books, including Dr. Debbie's, about how good it's going to be again someday. And Lord, we, oh, God, oh, God, some way, somehow, probably not now, but some way, someday, give us a pool party, yay. <laughs> and about 20 of them do that. 
And by now, the few people that have survived the testimony service and the long prayer service, oh God, oh God, <laughs> and they have survived that. Now, can we get in the water? We've prayed for a pool party. Oh no, you hasty people. You're gonna make a mess if you aren't taught right. I've brought in teachers to teach the five ways to the 13 methods to the 29 steps of how to have a pool party. Are you kidding me? Pretty sure we got it down. And right now, can I just fall in? Even if I died, even if I went to the bottom, at least I would be cool by the time I die. No, you're going to make a mess and you could die. Now, I also realize it looks like many have died out here waiting for the pool party, but I don't want any more deaths in the pool. So no, I am going to have the teachers get up now. Hello, I am teacher doodad. I have never been in the pool myself because I was born after 1906 and I'm kind of scared of most of those river churches that have pool parties, but I have studied the Greek and the Hebrew of the word pool. And when we get done with the word pool, we will examine party. And then after we do that, we will examine water. And then we will examine cool in the Greek and the Hebrew. And then we will examine the word fun again. This is probably going to be a shock to you. I personally never experienced that. But I have known people who say they have. And I believe there's a transfer of knowledge up here in this head of mine. So now I brought my whiteboard with me because I love whiteboards. They just make me feel so cool. Pool. Water. Fun. Jump. Now, oops, what was that splash? Did somebody get in early? Oh, that was a dead body again that got too hot and blistered that just rolled into the pool. Fetch them out. See, now we don't want things like that to happen. That's why you have to have us teachers. So you don't get in the pool wrong. You don't dive like this. You got your hands together. They are pointed. They are, you know, we've got to learn the breaststroke, the side stroke the the dog paddle we've got to learn the back float we've got to learn the uh, the process of getting in and out on these steps we've got to learn there are drains over there don't try to go down the drain we've got to learn that there's a deep end a shallow end my recommendation for all of you is the shallow end because i have per heard people get like too deep and like lose their minds and we sure don't want that to happen so make sure you all stay in the shallow end now i realize everything above your ankles is still going to blister and be hot but at least your feet will get a touch just a touch and so you're sitting there thinking oh dear god i'm just gonna go jump in the pool but oh no we got guards you can't do that too early now, after all the teachers are done, for the few people that are left alive, the kids start to say, can we get in the pool now? Oh, no, 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 no. I brought in people to prophesy about the great pool party we're going to have someday. And for the next three hours, you got to hear, yay, yay, someday. There is coming, saith God, 
a big pool partieth. And it shall be fun, and we shall frolic, and it shall be glorious, and we'll do every stroke there is, and we will be on our backs, and we will be on our stomachs, and we will be on our side, and you will swim, and there will be water there, saith God, and there will be even cement steps, saith God, and we can actually get in, saith God, and some dayeth, it'll make all this waitingeth worth it. <laughs> and you're like, are you kidding me? God's going to tell us now that we're going to have water and cement. I can see that. Can we just get in? Oh, well, not till everybody's done prophesying. And then when they are, now can we get in? Oh, no, not so fast. We now have to have people. We have to have some prayer requests about the pool. Oh, pray that I'll survive the pool. Oh, pray that I won't drown in the pool. Oh, pray. I heard Aunt Minnie drowned in a pool party like this. Pray it does not happen to us. Oh, dear God. Pray I don't die. Listen to all these prayer requests, testimonies, prophecies, teaching. <laughs> and finally, one night, I'm like, no, well, we've got to continue this for days. We're going to have a seminar now, a pool party seminar. And now we're going to have a spiritual warfare pool party seminar. Before we can get in the water, we got to pull things out of the atmosphere. They're going to prevent us from swimming just right. And so get out your flags. Anybody got flags? I can't even move. But after all that said and done, one night, there's a couple of desperate people that said, I'm sick of this. We've been taught about it. We've prayed for it. It's been prophesied about. We've read books about it. We've heard prayer requests about it. I am sick of this. I found a hole under the fence. I'm just going to get in. What can happen? I'm just going to get in. And so that kid that loves the pool party idea and is sick of dying and sick of wasting away, finds the hole under the fence, jumps in, but makes a big splash. And when he does, it wakes up all the pool party attendants. We didn't tell you you could get in yet. We didn't vote on it. Look at this. You splashed on the cement. Now we're going to have to mop it up. That's why we didn't want you to get in yet. We didn't know if you knew how to do it perfectly, and now we're going to have to clean up your mess. And that person ends up saying, I don't care what you do to me. I don't care how much you got to clean up. I'm dying this way. It can't be this complicated. I've got my Bible in front of me. i got the book of Acts in front of me. The Holy Ghost has already been set. What is this mess of waiting till someday, till we get everything perfect and proper? I All I know is the Holy Ghost has been set, and he has been given to as many as are afar off who will believe him. And I happen to believe there is a river that makes glad the city of God. I happen to believe that there is a river and I'm going to have it on the inside of me, bubbling out of me. So go on prophesying, go on praying, go on preaching, go on teaching, go on go on trying to get this perfect and never have it anything. But as for me, I'm going to have the touch of heaven and I'm jumping in right now and goes and gets his friends and they're all jumping in. And the next thing you know, we've got a river movement. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> our pastor jumped in and got tired of waiting for other people. And he went and got all of us as friends. And we've been in the river and in the pool party ever since. And I'm telling you, it's a lot better than burning up and dying and blistering. <laughs> and so I've got to end this broadcast. This one on on uh, we are desperate for the touch of God and on what is this Holy Ghost download where it's probably going to take a few sessions for me to do this one the way I want to. So God bless you. 
and hopefully we will see you next week. Please continue with these comments. Please continue to tell us where you're watching from and let us know what time slot is best for you. And I think after, uh, at least after this week, we're going to nail it down to a certain time slot and probably not be going at all these different times. We'll, we'll just see how it works. Anyway, as for you, I don't know what you're going to do now. I got to go jump in the pool. God bless. Bye. <laughs>